I'm Timothy Putnam, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week, we gather right here to explore the foundations of our faith, to examine the implications of our faith on our daily lives, so that together we can prepare to live outside the walls. Well, last weekend, I was on a silent retreat. I know, I know, it doesn't seem possible, but I was. I was on a silent retreat uh, out at Subiaco Abbey. Not the one in Italy, but the one in Arkansas. Beautiful place if you've never if you've never been and you're looking for a place to do a retreat. Uh, I highly recommend uh, Subiaco Abbey. Uh, in fact, we're going to be giving away some of their stuff, a couple of books by their former abbot and a rosary. Uh, we're going to be giving those away at the Midwest Catholic Family Conference, which is coming up real soon, uh, August 7th through 9th in Wichita, Kansas. I hope to see you there. But I've got some wonderful things from Subiaco that I'm going to be giving away. Uh, now, on this silent retreat, I was at a Benedictine Abbey, uh, and I was being led uh, by a Jesuit retreat master, which is slightly funny uh, because there's some, some cross-pollination of orders going on there. And that plays into today's show because we're going to be welcoming uh, Mary Weiler and Father Gleason, Father Marty Gleason, who's a, a Dominican, uh, to talk about Lord, Teach Me to Pray. It's a program in Ignatian spirituality. That's right. We're back to the Jesuits. It's a Ignatian prayer series uh, that is uh, helped uh, the spiritual director of that, that order is not Jesuit, but is Dominican. Uh, so we're, that's going to be a great conversation in our second and third segments. We're going to be giving away some of their materials in the fourth segment. But as we start off, as always, let's start off in prayer. Today's prayer, again, comes from the breviary, uh, but we're also going to be adding after the, the Lord's Prayer, before the concluding prayer, we're going to add in the Anima Christi, which is a very ancient prayer, uh, but one that that St. Ignatius of Loyola found great uh, comfort in and actually has that at the beginning of his spiritual exercises and refers back to it regularly. Uh, so right there in the middle, we're going to add in the Anima Christi. We give glory to the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in our weakness, we pray, Lord, be with your people. Holy Lord, Father all-powerful, let justice spring up on the earth. Then your people will dwell in the beauty of peace. Let every nation come into your kingdom so that all peoples will be saved. Let married couples live in your peace and grow in mutual love. Regard all who have done good to us, Lord, and grant them eternal life. Look with compassion on victims of hatred and war. Grant them heavenly peace. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. Good Jesus, hear me. Within the wounds, shelter me. From turning away, keep me. From the evil one, protect me. At the hour of my death, call me. Into your presence, lead me to praise you with all your saints forever and ever. Amen. 
God our Father and Protector. Without you, nothing is holy. Nothing has value. Guide us to everlasting life by helping us to use wisely the blessings you have given to the world. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Our first reading comes from the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 4. Brothers and sisters, we hold this treasure in earthen vessels, that the surpassing power may be of God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way but not constrained, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being given up to death for the sake of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since then, we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke, We too believe and therefore speak, knowing that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and place us with you in his presence. Everything indeed is for you, so that the grace bestowed in abundance on more and more people may cause the thanksgiving to overflow for the glory of God. That reading comes from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Today's responsorial psalm is Psalm 126. Those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, we were like men dreaming. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with rejoicing. Those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad indeed. Those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the torrents in the southern desert. Those that sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Although they go forth weeping, carrying the seed to be sown, they shall come back rejoicing, carrying their sheaves. Those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Today's gospel comes from the gospel of Matthew, chapter 20. The mother of the sons of Zebedee approached Jesus with her sons and did him homage, wishing to ask him for something. He said to her, What do you wish? She answered him, Command that these two sons of mine sit, one at your right and the other at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus said in reply, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the chalice that I am going to drink? They said to him, We can. He replied, My chalice you will indeed drink, but to sit at my right and at my left, this is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus summoned them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, 
Whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just so, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That gospel comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20. We're going to pause right here for just a moment. We'll get to our reading from church history before the end of this segment. But I want to pause and take a look at this interaction between Jesus and James and John, and Jesus and their mother as well. After my my spiritual uh, retreat, the silent retreat this last weekend, I can't look at these kinds of passages the same way anymore. Uh, We went through, we had a Jesuit retreat master who was leading us through the questions of Jesus. And the questions of Jesus are rarely straightforward, even though they may seem straightforward. He asks, uh, he asks, who do you say that I am? And that question is loaded, uh, as we see from this side of it very clearly, but they on that side, not necessarily so much. Uh, the questions of Jesus that are, uh, you know, can you drink this cup? Well, you know, for the James and John, they're thinking that the cup of, of Christ, everything according to their logic, everything that they've seen coming up to this point, they see that the cup of Christ is glory and victory. And of course, yes, yes, Lord, we can, we can drink that cup. And of course, we on this side of it, we know that the cup that Christ was referring to was the cup of suffering and the cup of sacrifice. We see Christ again reference the cup in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane where he says, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And so when Christ asks us a question, it's important that we examine it, that we listen to it, that we hear to the heart of what Christ is asking of us. And then, of course, our answer should always be, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Uh, but at the same time, I think that we can read Scripture too quickly. Uh, we read these passages and we, oh, well, you know, it's pretty straightforward. And yet when Christ asks a question, uh, he asks it not only to those people there in the scripture, in that story, but he turns and turns his eyes through the page, looks deep into your eyes, deep into your heart, and he asks you that same question. One of the questions that we reflected on this weekend was the one posed to the disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered, you know, Elijah, the prophets, some say John the Baptist. And then Christ turns and says, but who do you say that I am? And that's a little bit trickier a question. Uh, And it's one that how we see Christ is going to determine how we respond to Christ. And he asked it of, of the disciples and Peter answered. And yet now Christ also turns his eyes and attention to you on that side of the book. And he looks deep into your eyes and he says, tell me, who do you say that I am? Then our retreat director had us do something even more odd uh, he said, now, now now that you've answered that question, now that you've answered who you say Christ is, is he a friend? Is he a support? Is he Lord? Is he, you know, who who is he to you? Now then, change the question. Put yourself in that scene in Capernaum there with the disciples and with Jesus. And then you ask the question. You ask the question to Christ. This is a much scarier thing. Okay, but Christ who do you say that I am? And we have very different opinions sometimes than Christ does. We have 
this picture of ourself that does not line up with his. Uh, and perhaps we're too hard on ourselves and perhaps we're too easy. But I encourage you to ask the question and then wait and listen for the answer. Well, now we're going to turn our attention to our reading from church history. And in keeping with our whole theme of Ignatian spirituality today, our reading comes from the Constitutions of the Society of Jesus from the General Examine. It is likewise very important to bring to the attention of those who are being examined, emphasizing it and giving it great weight in the sight of our Creator and Lord to how great a degree it helps and profits in the spiritual life to abhor in its totality and not in part whatever the world loves and embraces and to accept and desire with all possible energy whatever Christ our Lord has loved and embraced. Just as the men of the world who follow the world love and seek with such great diligence honors, fame, esteem for a great name on earth as the world teaches them, so those who proceed spiritually and truly follow Christ our Lord love and intensely desire everything opposite. That is to say, they desire to clothe themselves with the same garb and uniform of their Lord because of the love and reverence owed to him to such an extent that where there would be no offense to his divine mercy and no false accusations and affronts and to be held in esteem as fools, but without their giving any occasion for this, because of their desire to resemble and imitate in some manner our Creator and Lord Jesus Christ by putting on his garb and uniform, since it was for our spiritual profit that he clothed himself as he did, for he gave us an example that in all things possible to us, we might seek, with the aid of his grace, to imitate and follow him, since he is the way that leads men and women to life. That reading comes from the Constitutions of the Society of Jesus, from the General Examine. When we come back, we're going to continue our journey into Ignatian spirituality as we talk with Carol Weiler and Father Marty Gleason, a Dominican, about their program called Lord, Teach Me to Pray. It's an Ignatian prayer series and something you're going to be quite interested in. Join us over on social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. And on Twitter, the handle is at outside the walls. I want to know what you think. We have a lot more just right around the corner. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam. Thanks for sticking through the break. Welcome back to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam. Today, we're talking about prayer. Uh, very specific, you know, there are lots of books about prayer. One of, the, one of the things our guests talk about, there's lots of books about prayer, but it seems that even with all of these books that are written, uh, too seldom do we know actually how to pray. We know all about prayer, but, but not the actual activity of prayer. And today, we're talking with Carol Weiler and Father Marty Gleason, who's a Dominican, uh, who are here to talk to us about Ignatian spirituality. That seems a, a little bit uh, unexpected, Father, that you would be a Dominican working with uh, with uh, Ignatian spirituality. Well, Timothy, at first glance, yeah, it may seem a little strange, but, you know, St. Uh, Ignatius was heavily influenced by both St. Dominic and St. Francis, and, and in reality, our charism to uh, contemplate and to uh, share the fruits of our contemplation as the order of preachers 
this way of Ignatian prayer just fits beautifully. It really converges with our charism. So it's not as strange as it might seem on the surface. <laughs> now, this, this journey of Ignatian spirituality and prayer that we're talking about specifically today is a program called Lord Teach Me to Pray. Uh, and, you know, that comes from, I'm assuming this comes from the gospel where the disciples approach Jesus and they see his, uh, his powerful works and they see him praying in a way that's really not very common to the way that the, the leaders of their day would pray. And they come to him and say, Lord, you know, John taught his disciples to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, and that goes back to that sense of there's lots of books about prayer, but, but there's not a whole lot of real understanding uh, and living prayer. So, Carol, you started this journey uh, toward Ignatian prayer uh, in a little bit of turmoil of your own life and, and finding yourself in that place of really uh, n- not finding yourself in prayer. You were drawn there by uh, some, some difficulty. And so tell us about that journey toward the surrender and then also about what drew you toward Ignatian prayer specifically. Well, Timothy, yes, you're right. Uh, when I was, my husband and I were very young, uh, it's a little longer story than we have time to tell. He was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in the fourth stage. Mm. He's a lawyer. He was very successful. Uh, a firm had brought us to Louisiana. And um, I realized at that time that, yes, we were Catholic. We were going to Sunday Mass, but maybe more cultural Catholics. Mm-hmm. And I realized that uh, I was concerned for myself. I had We had two small children. And he was very, my husband was very busy with his career. I was busy spending the money he made from his career. (laughs) And I was enlightened, I guess, by God. I was made to see that my self-absorption was something that um, was just out of balance. And I needed God. I mean, I was desperate. I had nowhere else to turn. So I really, I made a deal with God that if the Lord would let John live long enough to know that God loves him, then I would surrender. I would throw down the reins to running the world in my life, and I asked God to transform me, to change me. And it was shortly after that that I fell into this gift of Ignatian prayer because, you see, I was a woman, a desperate woman, who needed God's help with two children, a very sick husband. Mm -hmm. And I was invited to a retreat in the neighborhood called a home retreat given by a cynical sister and a lay person. I can tell you this, I met God face to face. I was overwhelmed in gratitude. I know today God is real and everything he promises us and more awaits us. So this Ignatian prayer is such a gift to the people of God, to the Mm -hmm. church. It's a similar journey that St. Ignatius himself took toward that that place of prayer. (laughs) of having control over his own life and, and being uh, laid out by a, by a cannonball of all things. Uh, yes. and, and in that place of, of convalescence of really helplessness uh, is where he first encountered uh, Christ and the saints. Yes. It's a, it's a scary place to go, but it's the truth of who we all are mm-hmm. underneath behind our facades is that fear. Help me. Who am I? Who's going to help me? Who's there for me? And I can tell you today, God is there with us, and his face is Christ Jesus. Yeah. You know, he we, will help us. We do everything we can in our lives to, to avoid those uncomfortable places, to find a way out of 
of entanglements and pits. And whether that be through distracting ourselves uh, by keeping busy or whether it be Mm -hmm. uh, doing anything we can to avoid the pain. And yet in in your life and in the life of St. Ignatius of Loyola, it was that place of desolation that brought the most life. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was a moment of real truth that mm-hmm. without God, I can do nothing. But with God, everything's possible. And prayer, this wonderful prayer of St. Ignatius, you know, he's the saint that really gives us the how to pray. Right. And the church, a lot of writers, a lot of saints have written on prayer, but he's the saint that tells us how to pray. And it will bring, this prayer brings us into that intimate, personal relationship, that heart-to-heart relationship that we all long for with Christ Jesus and his Father. Mm -hmm. We have a Father in heaven who loves us, and he really wants us to know him. He really wants to care for us. He wants to be God. He loves to be God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So tell us how how you got from the place where uh, you first encountered God. And then you came into this place of understanding Ignatian prayer through those those uh, home meetings to a place where you said, you know, this is something that the, the whole world really needs. Let me create a program about this. Mm-hmm. Well, Timothy, I, I don't talk about it. I did have an experience, which I shared with my husband, who said to me months later, mm-hmm. I think it's authentic. I think you need to do what God wants you to do. And he said, now you're ready. You can start this now and I thought now and he's my husband's a wonderful German and he said now yes make a flyer <laughs> I'll put it out and so I I chose September 11th 2001 oh, wow. at 9 30 in the morning wow and that and that morning we got I got some like 30 calls women were pouring in in the beginning of course the series was offered was exclusively for women today it's men and women okay but uh I have such a heart for the wife, the mother, and so that night also I offered it because women who work and want to draw closer to God, anyone who works, men and women now, yes, we will have them in these opportunities at night for people. So um, some 60 or more women that morning were in our home and praying. You know, and something like speaking of out of our desolation comes life. Yeah, that that's the very moment that people realize the most, Hey, I'm not where I want to be. You know, when you're faced, Mm -hmm. when you're faced with evil and you're faced with death, all of the sudden priorities become clarified and crystallized. And it's like, Oh, you know, maybe I really should be approaching prayer and and not just going about as if everything's going to go on forever. Right. And you know, there are a lot of wonderful things out there, Bible studies, et cetera. This Lord teach me to pray is prayer, exclusively prayer, and praying with the scripture. Um, it's three parts, and it's organized just the way St. Ignatius would organize uh, preparing a soul, a person to go into a spiritual exercise. Mm-hmm. And part one is, is called Praying Christian Virtues. You know, he worked with St. Francis Xavier four years to prepare him to go into the spiritual exercises. Mm-hmm and prepared him by praying with the Christian virtues. So that's part one of Lord teach me to pray. And then if the soul wants to move on, then there's part two, which is the entire spiritual exercises. And then there's part three, if they want to go deeper into Jesus, which is called discernment and gifts of the Holy spirit, 
which either we're praying with the scriptures on the Holy Spirit and also St. Ignatius' rules for discernment of spirits. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's the source of all these various thoughts that just fly in my mind all day long? Is right. it the enemy? Is it my own thought? Is it the Holy Spirit, the good angel? Mm-hmm. So uh, St. Ignatius' prayer is, is rich, but it's really the how to pray. How do we do this? How do we come to know and love Jesus and the Father? Now, you say that this is a, a program that's laid out into three different sections. What Kind of give us a sense of, of what the length of those sections are, and then what does each individual session look like? Okay, sure. Well, first of all, I want to reassure everyone that the whole series has been reviewed and approved by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Mm-hmm. So we have that stamp of approval. And the way a part one rolls out is it's 12 weeks. You meet once a week with your trained co-facilitators, men facilitate for men, women facilitate for women. And each week you will be given a different virtue and the scriptures that correlate with the script, with the virtue. And you go home and pray. Mm-hmm. The meetings last from an hour to two hours, depending on the number of people in the in the group. Okay. And during the meeting, you'll have an opening prayer, closing prayer, and then you'll be introduced to a different virtue. And then you introduce the St. Ignatius's methods of prayer, his meditation method, his contemplation method, mm-hmm. his consciousness examine method. Now, that's part one. And there are also some wonderful saints during those 12 weeks. Okay. Meeting once and a week. And faith sharing, Carol, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, Father. Uh, yes, and then every week everyone comes back and shares their prayer in a very confidential environment. Okay. Then part two is the actual spiritual exercises in everyday life. So it follows the liturgical calendar. It is the life of Christ that the what the spiritual exercises are, an invitation to come to know and love Jesus, and it's broken into two semesters. Um, the first half is 13 weeks. Again, you meet w- once a week with your trained co-facilitators, right. and uh, you actually go through all the exercises, all the entire journey of St. Ignatius. This is the journey of the saint. Mm-hmm. And this, then you take a month break, and then the second half begins towards the end of January, goes to the 1st of May. Right. And that's 14 weeks. Well, Carol, we're coming up on a hard break, and I don't want to interrupt you right in the middle of the third section. So let's pause right here, and then when we come back, we'll continue this overview of the whole program, and then we'll turn our attention to maybe some pragmatic aspects of prayer. Uh, Maybe have a chance to change our view and, and open our hearts to a whole new way of praying. Of course, today we're talking with Carol Weiler and Father Marty Gleason, a Dominican, about the the program called Lord Teach Me to Pray, an Ignatian prayer series. And of course, you can find out more information about them going to their website, www.lordteachmetopray.com. You can also join this conversation on social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. Twitter, the handle is at outside the walls. You can leave a comment on the comment line, 918-928-KPIM. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this break with more of Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam. Glad you stuck through the break. Today we're talking with Father Marty Gleason and Carol Weiler about the program Teach Me to Pray. Lord, Teach Me to Pray. Of course, they're going to be coming into uh, my hometown, Tulsa, Oklahoma, here in the near future, uh, August 14th. I'm going to have them talk a little bit more about that. Uh, And then we're going to give you some information about maybe you don't live in the Tulsa area and you're not willing to drive the time it would take to get here, which I don't understand because this is really a nice part of the country. But but let's say that you're not ready to come all this way. Well, have no fear. Uh, They're able to come to where you are as well. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. Father, tell us a little bit about this upcoming retreat here in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area, and then maybe a little bit about how to get people out to uh, get you out to their area as well. Right. Well, listen, this, yeah, August 14th, 15th, that's Friday evening and Saturday till about uh, four in the afternoon. We will be at St. Bernard of Clairvaux in Tulsa and uh, to do the part one training. Uh, I know you have some listeners in the Kentucky area. We'll be doing one uh, up in Chicago, which isn't that far away. And that would be August 21st and 22nd at Marytown Retreat and Conference Center in Libertyville. Okay. But all listeners can go to our website at lordteachmetopray.com and click on Facilitator Training Retreats. We still have a number of, we've done quite a few this summer. We've still got a, a few more to go, maybe a half a dozen more to go, and to look and see if there's one near them. Okay. And to tell you the truth, if people are interested and they don't see one near them, call us because we're continually looking for how we can uh, – uh, train anyone who's interested. We do have a way of uh, training small groups uh, via Skype as well with a little different format. So okay. so please go to lordteachmetopray.com, uh, click on facilitator training retreats, and, uh, and then in there you'll see our phone numbers, Carol's and my phone number as well, and, and uh, email addresses. Great. I'll put that link up as well on our social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. And also at Twitter, the handle is at outside the walls. Uh, now, right before this break, we were talking through the, the three different levels and we had uh, a 12 week program and then a 13 week program and then a 14 week program uh, in the first and the second sessions. Uh, and Carol, we, we got interrupted by the break. So let's take us back to that, that last level, that third level. Yes, the third level is called Discernment and Gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's the Catechesis on the Holy Spirit, and the prayer is focused on the Scriptures on the Holy Spirit. And that, part three, is still a small group, uh, two trained co-facilitators for each group, and you do your prayer at home, and you'll be praying on with the Holy Spirit, and then also you'll be praying with St. Ignatius' rules for discernment of spirits. Mm-hmm. We want to know... Where, who is the source of all these various thoughts that we're flooded with all day long? How do we filter them out? You know, what what are we to do with them? And how do we really hear the voice of God? So uh, that's part three. Oftentimes they refer, many times people refer to the whole series as part one, the appetizer, part two, the entree, and part three, the dessert. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and one woman actually told me, Timothy, that, you know, she said, I could eat appetizers and desserts all my life, but I would have missed the entree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there's so, so many people who we, we think we pray because we recite the prayers that the church gives us. And, and certainly those prayers are beautiful and they're enriching to our lives. 
But there's something that if it's just recitation, there's something that we're missing. Uh, and there's something to the, the core of prayer uh, that you talk about, that the majority of prayer is listening. Yes, yes. And how often we miss that because we don't like silence. Mm-hmm. Well, I can give everyone listening a 100% written guarantee that by entering into this prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola, they will hear God's voice. Mm-hmm. Most people say they, they pray, but they've never heard God. Well, yeah. he speaks all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just can't hear. We don't listen. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like Elijah up on the mountain, and he there, there was the great fire, and the voice of God wasn't in the fire. And then there was the earthquake and the voice of God Mm -hmm. wasn't in the earthquake and the great wind and the voice of God wasn't in the great wind, but the voice of God came in stillness. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I I think that our society has set itself up against stillness in in a way that we no longer uh, allow space for God to speak. Right. Well, we have this crazy thinking that we are afraid of God. He might ask something terrible of me. Mm -hmm. That's a terrible thing to say about God. We should be terribly afraid of not having God in our life. Yeah. We should be racing towards him. He's the one. He wants that relationship more than we can ever imagine. We're made by him and for him, and we're going to spend all eternity with him. Mm-hmm. And he really is the only one that can help us. Yeah. And the blessings that he wants to give us are just incredible. Look mm-hmm. at the blessing of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing that I, I hear a lot is that maybe people have their own their own prayer routine. They've got, uh, you know, they pray at meals, they pray at bedtime. Maybe they even do something uh, ambitious and, and pray one or more of the, the hours of the divine office. Uh, and yet, mm-hmm. when it comes to praying with others, or, or worse, or praying with their spouse, uh, there's really an uncomfortability and maybe uh, an uncertainty about how to approach that. Uh, and I'm assuming that, you know, you spend this time in the program where you pray by yourself during the week and you journal and you, uh, you pray with scripture, which is something that a lot of people may not be familiar with. But then when mm-hmm. you come together, I'm assuming that you pray together and, and really build a vocabulary of prayer, as it were, to be able to pray with other people and with those who are close to you and in relationship with you. Well, the Ignatian journey is the singular journey of the individual soul towards God. Mm -hmm. But this prayer somehow enters into the whole person. St. Ignatius would say that the whole person becomes prayer. Hmm. It's transformative, you know. We're filled with the light and the love of Christ more and more and more. And you know where it really affects, uh, especially myself, a married woman in my marriage, and my love for my husband, and, you know, it brings us together in prayer. Mm-hmm. And so anyone listening out there, they wonder now, how can I get my husband to pray with me? I'd really love that. I can give them a hint. All they have to do is jump in their lap, put their arms around them, and pray. Mm-hmm. You know, let's talk just a little bit about the the idea, the concept of praying with Scripture. This is something that's very important mm-hmm. for uh, for St. Ignatius of Loyola. Uh, talk to us about, just real briefly, about how one might do that and how the program utilizes praying with Scripture. Well, 
the, the scripture is really to, to look at it. The individual person should look at it as a, the word of God written just for them. Every word. Mm-hmm. Take out everybody else's name and put your own name in there. It's this beautiful story of love and God's search for us and desire to bring us back to him. And, when, and of course, it's alive. It's the word of God. Mm-hmm. It has the power to transform us. You know, I often say that even if I were blind and deaf, if I would just hold the Bible, mm-hmm. I think I could hear the word of God. It's that powerful. So this is the prayer. Pray with the living word is where we are transformed. We're made new. Everything is made new. Our marriages are made new. Our children, it, it, it's like the living water. It just flows right out of us and saturates everything around us. Very exciting. Now, what does it look like? to pray with. We, we talked a little bit about some of the benefits and some of the, the spiritual realities, but let's look a little bit at the pragmatics. Someone has a Bible, they've got it in their hands, and now they're approaching prayer. Uh, just what are some very simple things that they can do to begin praying with Scripture? St. Ignatius, when he has us pray with Scripture, what he's really um, encouraging us to do is to not analyze it, okay? In other words, not to get stuck in the intellect analyzing what the Scripture said, but to approach it through our feelings. So after we read, you know, maybe for our, first for our intellect to understand, and then we read for the heart, and then we sit and ponder it, the idea is then when we journal, he's really pulling at us, pushing us and pulling at us to get in touch with our actual feelings. In other words, what am I feeling when I sit with that scripture. In other words, what am I feeling when I hear God, when I hear the Lord Jesus himself, when I hear the Spirit, when, to me? Mm-hmm. In other words, when, he's, when that word is coming to me, when a lo- this loving God, this God who is love and truth is speaking to me, what am I feeling? Yeah. You know, am I feeling loved? Am I feeling irritated? But this is, in a sense, analogous to a human relationship where the feelings between the two people will give you, a, it's like a barometer of where the relationship is. Right. And as you move through Scripture this way, and you begin to get more and more in touch with your feelings, what's really happening, and then as Carol referenced earlier, this the truth that comes out of this, the real, uh, the, you know, all the illusions start to drop, and we get in this deeper relationship with the Lord, it really becomes a matter, not so much knowing about God, knowing about the Lord Jesus, knowing about the Bible, but actually come to actually know and love. This is what happens when we pray with this living Word of God, and uh, but it is a, a movement that begins to happen. We get drawn out of our intellect. Is he pulls us down into the heart so he can really come in, and uh, we can really come to know and love him in a real, real way. We're talking today with Carol Weiler and Father Marty Gleason of the Order of Preachers, a Dominican, about prayer and specifically Ignatian prayer through a program they have called Lord Teach Me to Pray. Join us on social media at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle is at outside the walls. And don't forget to visit our website. You got it. Outsidethewalls.com. Right after the break, we're going to be giving away a DVD of theirs, as well as several pamphlets that will help you deepen your prayer life. Stick around. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam. Well, we've got just a little bit more time. We're talking today about prayer. Talking with uh, Carol Weiler and Father Marty Gleason, a Dominican, about this Ignatian prayer series, Lord, Teach Me to Pray. And uh, they've just a pleasure to talk with you both. And, and we're going to be giving something away today that you uh, you have offered for us. So uh, looks like we're going to give away a, a, a packet containing a Lord Teach Me to Pray DVD and some prayer pamphlets. Tell us a little bit about those materials. The DVD uh, was, a, was made and uh, to explain the Ignatian prayer. It has Father and myself explaining, giving okay. you what, what it would be like, what's the experience for the individual. And then um, the prayer pamphlets are just very short ways of like, how do we pray for our children? Mm. Um, how do we pray for our husband? How do we, there's this, these different experiences of prayer really have come out of using this Ignatian prayer, spiritual exercises, particularly showing me in a way, how, how do I pray for my husband? How do I pray for my children? Um, what about suffering? You know, there's one there and suffering. There's some eight different pamphlets. So they will, we will send them a whole, um, selection along with the DVD. Okay, so we're going to ask that question in just a moment. So get by Google. You're going to need it. Uh, and get ready to give me a call, 918-928-KPIM. That's 918-928-5746. You can also answer by leaving a comment on Facebook, facebook.com slash stepoutsidethewalls, or on Twitter where our handle is at Outside the Walls. So, Carol, whenever you're ready, why don't you ask us that question? Who knows when St. Ignatius was born? where St. Ignatius of Loyola was born, and how many siblings did he have? All right. When and where was St. Ignatius of Loyola born, and how many siblings did he have? Uh, Be quick. You can give me a call, 918-928-KPIM, facebook.com slash step outside the walls, or on Twitter, the handle is at outside the walls. Well, Carol and Father, it's just been a great pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you, well, thank Timothy. you Timothy. Do you have any, any parting thoughts uh, uh, that you'd like to give to those listening, uh, uh, just encouraging them toward prayer? Yeah, well, one oh. thing I would just say is really to pray, you know, encouraging prayer, but also to know that uh, through this Lord Teach Me to Pray series, you can really become an evangelizer by bringing this to other people. I mm-hmm. would just say that in a little... In a, in a short little word, Carol? Well, I'd like to invite anyone listening who feels like they'd really like a deepening of their relationship with God. Go deeper in our conversion. And at the same time, go out over the earth with the love of Christ. This is an opportunity to do both. If you mm-hmm. want to join us at uh, St. Bernard of Clairvaux in Tulsa for the training retreat or in Chicago, Come, come and find out and answer the call. Mm-hmm. Come and work in the vineyard, just like Pope Francis is calling the laity. And we ourselves as facilitators will go through a deeper, more profound conversion. Thank you very much, Timothy. Now, something you brought up Thank there, that, that this really is about evangelization. Uh, because mm-hmm. you know, evangelization isn't sharing with someone what we know. That's called teaching. But evangelization Correct. is sharing with someone our experience and our very self. 
And that's yeah. something that this program will it will in, in, engage people and enable them to do. Exactly. Yeah, it has a, you two, know, it has a twofold uh, purpose for our own personal conversion, learning how to pray, going deeper into Christ, but also to become an evangelist. Mm-hmm. As father's father always says, you know, we, we don't want to, we're not comfortable going out in the street corner. We don't want to teach, but to really just introduce them, give them an opportunity to come to know and love Jesus Christ. Right. That's the work of the evangelist. Well, you can find out more information about Lord Teach Me to Pray at their website. Thankfully, it's very easy to remember. It's lordteachmetopray.com. We've also got a link for them up on our social media, and I encourage you to go take a look. Uh, Maybe you can't make Tulsa or Chicago, but they do other ways, have other ways to, to train you. The facilitation is a very easy thing. In fact, as a facilitator, you're really just one of the other people praying. There's very little that you have to do other than be engaged in prayer yourself. So I encourage you to take a look at all they have to offer. And Carol and Father, thank you again so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you. Timothy, thank you. Thank you. God bless you all. (laughs) Well, we're running out of time today. Just a little bit left to share with you. And I wanted to talk to you about the Midwest Catholic Family Conference. It's coming up in just a couple of weeks, August 7th through 9th. Uh, this will be my fourth year there. And I tell you, it's it's an, an experience that can't be equaled. Uh, for the price, there's nothing else like it. You can get in with your whole family uh, for less than $200 and spend three days there, uh, the 7th, the 8th, and the 9th, really in emerging yourself in the faith with just top-notch speakers like uh, Dr. Pia Dossolini, Dr. Tim Gray, uh, Simka Fisher, T- Tim Staples, just a whole host of folks. Uh, Matt Maher is going to be there and we'll be doing a concert as well. And just the, this is going to be an experience that will truly deepen your faith. And we've been doing this show here outside the walls for eight months now. I want you to go to our social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. And I want you to click that like button. I want you to go to Twitter. The handle there is at outside the walls and click the follow button because when we're at the conference, we're going to be doing some short videos. We're going to be doing uh, some special giveaways that are going to be through social media. And uh, this is going to be some exclusive content. You're not going to hear it on the radio. You're only going to see it on social media. And I really want you to be a part of it. So go over to our social media, click like, uh, click follow, and be a part of that online community. I also want you to go to catholicfamilyconference.org, catholicfamilyconference.org, and look at the cost, look at the registration fee, look at who's going to be there, And I want you to consider driving out to Wichita, Kansas and participating with us there at the Midwest Catholic Family Conference. I am so glad that you are a listener, but do a little more. Invite your friends to tune in as well to listen to Outside the Walls next week. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.